This is Connect Me, the official podcast of Marymount City Schools. Welcome to the first Connect Me podcast of 2018. I'm Alex Lang, and I'm joined by Superintendent Stephen Eastet. Today, as with a lot of our communication over the last several months, we want to bring you the latest information on the high school facility project. But more specifically, we want to discuss how the high school building is just no longer able to meet the needs of our students and teachers. Yeah, and if you were able to attend the State of the Schools address earlier this month, you heard our high school students themselves uh, sharing the challenges that the facility presents on a daily basis. And if you didn't attend or watch the State of the Schools, I would encourage you to go to our website and watch it, especially the part where the high school students are talking about our high school. It's real, it's sad, um, it's it's powerful. I mean, the fa- fact of the matter is, is that a lot has changed since uh, Marymount High School was constructed in 1970, and the building just doesn't reflect that. Um, our, our students and our staff have managed to overcome many of these obstacles, and they perform well, but the advancements that are already passing us by will only continue uh, to slip further out of, uh, of the grasp as, as the years go by if we don't take the steps now to address them. So we need to not only consider how the high school affects students today, but also how it's going to affect the students tomorrow and beyond. So let's start by discussing the problems. What's not working at Marymount High School? Well, I'm sure you've heard me say this a million times. I mean, the systems are failing. We can start with the plumbing and the HVAC units. It's not uncommon to have sewage backing up in the bathrooms, uh, a 30-degree temperature variance throughout the building. Uh, The mechanical structures of the facility are faulty and unreliable uh, that that create, at times, a hindrance to the learning environment. Uh, Classrooms are too small. Uh, Very, very little, uh, little natural light anywhere in the building. And those are really just the problems with the physical structure of the building. Once we start talking about actual teaching and learning, we unravel a whole new set of issues with the high school. For starters, Marymount High School AP chemistry students have to go to another school in order to take the class. Not because we don't have staff qualified to teach the course, but simply because our science labs are not equipped with proper ventilation units to support it. Yeah, and we also need to consider the the ways that teachers are teaching and students are learning today. Uh, You know, when the school was constructed in 1970, learning was done with students sitting in straight rows looking at the blackboard. Uh, Today, some of the most successful learning done uh, that is done is is in a project-based group style setting where students can move uh, furniture to meet their needs and and problem solve uh, together. But Marymount High School isn't equipped with the spaces, uh, the furniture, to do this type of teaching and learning. And so, you know, what you find at our high school, if students want to collaborate with one another, they typically have to sit in the hallway. There just uh, really isn't any other place to do that. And we do have a video tour of our high school available on our website. So if you haven't been in the building lately, this is a great opportunity to see the many issues firsthand. Nan Dill has served on the Marymount City Schools Board of Education for two years and was just recently appointed president of the board for 2018. Nan, you've been a part of the work that the district has done over the past 18 months and the ways that it has included the community along each step of the process. You've even been a part of some of the facility teams. So what are your thoughts on this process and the community's involvement in it? Yeah, um, thanks for having me, Alex. Um, First, I'd like to say that going through a process like the high school facility process, a process where the community ultimately makes the decision, um, always makes me proud to be a part of our school district and our community as a whole. 
Um, I'm, I'm glad I live in a place where the people are willing to be involved and help in the process that ultimately helps our students. Um, you know, having the community involved in the facility process at the high school not only is essential to accomplishing what we want as a community, it's actually who we are as a community. We are people who historically get involved, ask the hard questions, and make it our job to understand the facts and what's at risk here, and then make the decision that's in the best interest of both our students and our community. Because of this mindset, the Board of Education has been able to gather invaluable data over the last 18 months. So many community members have volunteered hours of their time to be a part of this process. They get it, and we get it. So during the first Board of Education meeting of 2018, the board directed Superintendent Eastup to eliminate two of the three options for the high school and focus on a hybrid repair replacement model moving forward. Can you explain a little bit about this decision and why the board felt that it was the right move to make? Uh, sure. Um, the decision came it was as a result of all the hard work done by the community that I just mentioned. Um, the district has engaged the community every step of the way in this process because we want to hear what they have to say. Um, it's our job to listen, and that's what we want to do. So over 250 community members, staff, and students participated in design workshops and provided feedback. There was a transition task force form to look at what temporary housing would look like if that became necessary in the process. Um, we were able to create six facility teams made up of almost 100 community members and district staff, and these teams did a deep dive into um, design, architecture, academic spaces, technology, the arts, athletics, and of course, finance. Um, additionally, they provided fantastic and detailed feedback of what the community wants, and that's what drove the board's decision to move forward with the number two option of a hybrid repair replace model, um, which is very similar to what Terrace Park and Marymount Elementary buildings um, look like and how we handled that process. Um, we listened to the community and it was cl a clear directive that doing nothing was not an option, both structurally and financially. Uh, that made it, that made option one, a repair as needed scenario, um, clear that that was not the direction to go. Um, and while in a perfect world, a brand new building, which was option three, would provide the community with what it wants from a building alone aspect, the expenses of that option based on community work and feedback doesn't make sense when we have option two, repair and replace. Um, option two is not only a hybrid of combining the usable parts of the current building and with new construction, it's also a hybrid of the desires clearly stated by our community and allows us to meet most, if not all, of the building objectives the teams have put forth and, of course, be fiscally responsible. So now that we've narrowed down our focus, a common next question is, how much is this going to cost? Do we know a price range of what we can expect this project to cost us? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly understand that question. Um, and the board is looking forward to getting more specifics to pinpoint that number. At the board's January meeting, we were presented with a dollar range for option two that was between 43 and $53 million. Now, obviously, that's a large range. Um, we're at a place in the process based on our decision to move forward with option two, we gave feedback to Turner and MSA, the builders and architects, that they can proceed to the next phase of their work, which will narrow that range and give us specifics as to what those dollars translate into for our students. In addition, we will continue to weigh the valuable input from the finance team and keep the community engaged in the process. Can you explain what the next steps are for the Board of Education moving forward? Sure. Um, next steps involve 
um, continuing to listen and engage the community in the transparency process we have going. Um, that's crucial. Um, it's just really important that we move forward together in this process. And additionally, as I said, we'll begin receiving more specifics around option two from both the architects and the construction managers, which I'm really excited to see. I know the rest of the board is excited to see what that is, um, both structurally, what that means for our students and what it means financially. Um, and we would like to keep to a timeline that would have us making a decision before the end of the school year around that. Bill Baker is the lead architect from MSA Architects working with us on our high school project, and he has been with us every step of the way over the last 18 months. And Bill, as someone who has been uh, in the trenches with us, so to speak, for the last year and a half, what were your thoughts uh, on the Board of Education's decision to eliminate two of the facility options and really hone in on that hybrid model? So, Steve, I think the uh, the decision of the board to move forward with further study on one of the options is, is really a a good balance, uh, taking into account the um, educational priorities, the learning objectives, the goals and vision of the district educationally, while also balancing financial costs and efficiency. So we uh, we think it's a good uh, way to start moving forward by balance again, looking at our equity, investing in it where it's appropriate, um, but also upgrading and replacing and really enhancing it to make it a, a state-of-the-art uh, high school campus. At the top of the podcast, we were talking about the problems that we're having with the current high school facility. How will this hybrid repair replacement model that we're, we're starting to hone in on take care of the infrastructure issues and, and make teaching and learning also better at our high school? Well, I think number one, Steve, it really begins to focus the priority of the major capital investment in the building will really be in the core academic spaces. Um, it will um, give us all new regular academic learning classes, state-of-the-art, flexible, a variety of sizes and configurations to meet modern and, and uh, current and future curriculum needs. Um, but it also uh, takes advantage of existing equity in spaces that have good structural systems, that have good large spaces, especially in the phys ed areas in the back part of the building. And so we're able to meet the district's number one priority, which was improve the core educational spaces, but also improve and enhance the existing equity like the phys ed and the, and the athletic areas of the building. So it's a great blend in my mind of uh, improving infrastructure, giving us new state-of-the-art educational core facilities, but also a good balance of budget and fiscal responsibility. So we're certainly inching closer to uh, a, a final decision with, with honing in on that, that option too, but we also know the uh, the planning process here is far from over. So, what are some of the next steps uh, moving forward? Well, I think one of the one of the big keys is to really identify and solidify a core project team that'll be partnering with us and and the rest of the members of our design team to begin to flush out and and dive into many of the details involved in in the design and planning of the building. And that'll be representatives of the community, um, also the faculty and staff, and obviously the Board of Education will be involved. So that'll be a great cross-section of the users and the folks who are invested in the project. And then we'll partner with them in the coming months to really begin to dive down into detail and um, get a little more solidification and a little bit more scope definition um, moving forward. After hearing from Nan and Bill, it sounds like we're in a really exciting spot with this master facility plan. Yeah, I think we are. You know, the decision was made to eliminate the repair only and the brand new options. So that allows us to focus all of our energy on this hybrid repair replacement model. 
Uh, but it is important to note, we, we still have a lot of work uh, to, to do before we get to a final decision. Uh, now that a, a general option was selected, we need to decide the design and the amenities of the building and, and what the, the reasonable budget for the project will be and ultimately how all of this uh, fits together to develop the future of Marymount High School. And so, as Bill mentioned, uh, we'll be putting a, a project uh, team together. We also will be developing a community finance committee, uh, committee all to, to give uh, the Board of Education some more input as it inches closer to making some final decisions this spring. And for more information on the problems at Marymount High School, the possible solution, and anything else regarding the high school master facility plan, check out the facility project page of our district website at www.marymontschools.org. Thanks for listening to Connect Me, the official podcast of Marymount City Schools. Stay connected by visiting our website at marymontschools.org and following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.